Hello, everybody. Welcome to Unprofessional. I am Dave Wiskus, joined by a man who just informed me that he loves me, Mr. Lex Friedman. Hi, Dave. I do love you. And I love you, too. And I think collectively, the two of us also love a third person. And that person is today's guest, Scott Simpson. Hi, guys. I don't, I don't know about love. I don't know what it means. He may, it may, may, may be unrequited. I'm not saying I don't love you. I just don't know what it means to love, um, you know, two men over Skype. Well, I think the magic of the internet is that uh, it transcends geography and cultural boundaries. Okay, then I love you too. That oh, is so good, sweet. Good. We're off to a strong start. <laughs> well, Scott, tell the uh, tell the listeners just in case, in case they are that that woefully underinformed creature who doesn't yet know who or what a Scott Simpson is. Who are you? Uh, well, I um, gee, well, I'm a comedian now. I used to, for a long time, I worked at uh, at, at Amazon and then at Apple, and became familiar with a lot of the people that I spend time with now via things like Twitter and a podcast. I almost will have used to do called you look nice today <laughs> and uh i think that's it guys and i like you guys i may i may I see you guys at like mac worlds and things like that that's where we hang out it's true yeah, we're all over the place i do most of my traveling because of this show really is that true no but it sounded good <laughs> when i was thinking it well, I mean, I'd uh, maybe in terms of, of miles, right? In terms of total miles, I think it probably is true because I've we've know. done Ireland and Australia, so that's that's a lot of miles, right? And Montreal. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, did we do one? In, yeah, wait, no. Did we? I have no idea. I don't think we did one in Montreal, but I, I only got invited to Montreal because of unprofessional, even though we didn't do one there. And we also did one in San Francisco, so that's got to count. It counts. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we got that straight. This is solid podcasting right here. No, this is great. It's giving me time to comb my hair. <laughs> Clip your nails. Clip my nails. Just hang back and, and listen to you guys uh, do some fun some fun chit-chat. Do you actually use a comb in your hair? I mean this very seriously. I don't. I, uh, I just use my hands. That's and, what I do. Yeah. Hey, who yeah. uses a comb? I use Scott's hands in my hair. <laughs> I, I don't know anymore who uses a comb. I mean, women definitely with longer hair, they... They will use a brush for sure, but uh, right. occasionally somebody will ask me if they can borrow like a comb or a brush, uh, you <laughs> know, somebody disgusting. on the street. <laughs> it is, and, no, that's and, gross. and I don't have, you know, an, an ace comb in my back pocket like I guess our fathers did. Were our fathers greasers? I definitely had a comb. I had the same comb my father had, like not the identical one, but the same model. And uh, I was, I, growing up, I parted my hair on the side the same way he parted his. Um, and then eventually, I think it was until around like 15 or 16 that I ditched the comb and said, this is stupid. It's all fingers, man. It is all fingers. That's a good epitaph. <laughs> it's all fingers, man. Um, it's, all I, fingers. it's fingers all the way down. <laughs> oh, can I tell you a weird, a weird thought I had about fingers recently? Please. Um, <laughs> Please. So here, here's the, here's the thing that weirds me out about fingers. And I apologize <laughs> you guys if I, if I do go into like, like, bits just because it's kind of what i spend my time thinking about but uh i want this to be a bit but it's just a thought i had which is uh one person in a room 10 fingers cool two people 20 fingers 15 people in a room is 150 fingers that's so many fingers in one little room it is creepy when you say it like that imagine a stadium yeah the, that's millions of fingers at that point or something 600 let's say 600,000 fingers at that number, you've got a pretty decent chance if it's not even going to be an even number of fingers. For oh, sure. Geez. Or it, it evens itself back out again at so many people. Well, that's gross. <laughs> I, just, I just want people to be more aware of just how outnumbered we are by fingers <laughs> in any social situation. So that you just be on the lookout for any kind of weird finger activity because they could at any moment basically overthrow us. We got foam fingers to worry about. Oh, shit. Yeah. When I'm in a big crowd, like a stadium crowd, or even just like, you know, a 15-person gathering, uh, part of my brain is always like, you know, not a, a wondering about the finger count, but just like, mm-hmm. I wonder uh, I wonder if anybody at this table has diarrhea right now and they're just holding it in. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. I go, to, I go to that same exercise on airplanes. I wonder if any of these people are gassy. Right. That's going to make my flight less enjoyable. 
have you ever this is speaks to things like odds on on airplanes have you ever been I, i'm surprised that this hasn't happened to me have you ever been on an airplane where somebody's like died i've been on an Di- airplane literally died no I've yeah. been on an airplane where my uh, my dad's uh, you know long retired, but a doctor, and so he's he's more than once responded to the request of "Is there a doctor on the plane?" Um, but neither time did the plane have to land early or anything. It was just like old people being old, so no deaths. Right, right. I've been on a few occasions, well, nearly been the person who <laughs> would have caused the emergency landing. What really for real for real? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I had a couple of panic attacks on airplanes. Not proud of it. It's not fun, but it did happen. Yeah, that that I understand. Um, First time I thought I was having a heart attack, which is why I would have been like, hey, can we land this thing so I could not, not die? Did you actually talk to somebody? Did you actually like ring the bell and, and ask a, 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 person of, a person of elevation to help you out? <laughs> <laughs> way to handle that. I, uh, no, I, I sat there uh, and calmly and silently freaked out. Wow. And then I talked to the person next to me for a little while, and then I felt okay. So I figured probably not a heart attack. I, I've had a, a horrible streak recently with flights where not every single flight recently, but every single trip recently, so at least one leg of the flight or one way of the flight, uh, they've had the flight attendants sit early uh, saying, we're going to have some extreme turbulence, so we're going to end the, you know, oh, yeah, the aisle yeah. service early and have them strap in. But like, I'm going on five consecutive trips now where that's happened. Oh, and man. it's like crazily turbulent. And these are cross-country flights that I'm doing. And it's, I mean, ter- I, I was never a nervous flyer. And then I met my wife who is uh, the only worst flyer I know after my wife is her mom. But, you know, my wife like is white-knuckling and she'll squeeze the hell out of my hand. But now I'm flying alone a lot of the time for work. And... Just, you know, these terrifying levels of turbulence where I'm like, okay, so today's the day I'm going to die. Let me think about what life's going to be like for my kids and what she's going to tell them and what will my family do and do I want her to remarry? The answer is a yes, I do, but I want it to take a while. Um, <laughs> I want it to take – that's what – that's that's a good answer. That's a, that's a – you're a good husband. But, but yeah. You want um, her to be happy. I want her to be – I want him to be fat though. <laughs> but so I, I, I don't know though. It's like I feel like the streak is so long that my uh, the theory that a friend floated to me was – Maybe uh, to save fuel, they're flying at like lower altitudes that are they used to try to avoid that are extra turbulent. But now they just don't give a shit because they'll do anything no. to save money. I think it's global warming. <laughs> Lex Friedman, the true victim of climate change, for serious. Yeah, that is. I, I, I here's another thing I wonder about about turbulence is, um, yeah, w- the one the worst turbulence. Uh, well, two worst turbulence. One was totally predictable. I was in a twin propeller airplane flying over the Himalayas, and that <laughs> like was like we would drop, you know, th- just I, we would drop so much that you would feel the seatbelt like pushing on your body from the other direction, like it was crazy. <laughs> but then you know that's like, w- what do you do? You expect it to be a super smooth flight? No. Um, but one flight to Hawaii once was incredibly turbulent, and. I'm sure that everybody who's flown more than, let's say, 20 times has some sort of um, uh, statistically significantly more turbulent flight than the rest. And so that, for them, is their baseline of a crazily turbulent flight. But I really have no sense, Lex, when you say that, like, what's, what's, uh, what's that? Is that super, you know, like, how turbulent is it when you say it? Is it just like a jiggle jiggle that I wouldn't freak out about? Like, I wish we had all... Wish we would all sort of be put on one standard set of turbulence, like like Richter. It would be helpful, right? They should they should at least say, well, well, folks, you you just leveled a seventeen. Good job. Yeah, that'd be sweet. And then yeah. and then you know, like the frequent flyers would be like looking at each other, like seventeen. You should also get more miles for that. <laughs> yes. Ooh, it's true. Well, you are traveling farther, right? The up and down right. should count. <laughs> I, I always stare at the flight attendants. And if they're not panicking, <laughs> yeah, you do. if they're not panicking, I don't panic. But on the a couple of them, I've seen one where the flight attendants are grabbing their seatbelts while they after they've been told to strap in, and they've oh. got like the five point harness. Where I've got this stupid bullshit that they still have to teach you about in the video, and uh, I hate it. Like I've got a flight to France coming up, and I'm thinking. Uh, You're going to die. No, I'm thinking maybe I'm going to go see a doctor, get a physical, and say, hey, give me some some nice happy medicine for the flight because I'm just so stressed out about it now. I never yeah, had I this used problem. To be, I used to be terrified of flying. I've just done it so much now that it doesn't bother me. But I do wonder if there is, if the plane is going to go down, 
what do the flight attendants do? Are they trained to remain calm or are they going to start freaking the fuck out? Well, there's that book about, uh, I don't know if you've seen this book, but it's a, this is very different, but um, transcripts, recorded, uh, written out transcripts of pilots in the last moments of crashes. Mm. That have, you know, they found the black box and they, um, they've transcribed the conversations between pilots. And they, the pilots, and I'm sure the flight attendants are a little bit different because the pilots, you know, a lot of times military trained, they've done it for thousands of hours and are trained to, to remain calm. But it is an amazing testament to how incredibly um, professional and intelligent pilots are because they're just like, you know, remain bearing 37, 22, check altitude mom i love you dead like that's like just uh. at the last second when they when they know when you know the ocean is rising up and it's 100 feet away from them then they break but until then it's this amazing um you know there are expletives throughout but they stay professional <laughs> in all of these cases uh it's pretty it's pretty cool to read wow i have control issues if i'm not in control of a thing that's part of why i used to freak out on planes have panic attacks on planes it's that complete lack of control if i'm in the pilot seat even if the plane's going down, I, I don't know. There's still some kind of emotional connection to the plane where I feel like maybe if I turn the wheel hard enough, it'll, I'll, I'll pull out of the whatever the hell's going on. Like maybe there's still a thing I can do. But if I'm just sitting there strapped in, I'm more likely to panic. So I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from pilots. But is it possible that that's just a psychology thing of they're holding the wheel? So even if they aren't able to do anything, there's still the hope. And that's enough. I um, More than the training. My my least favorite flight that I ever took was a trip to L.A. Um, a couple of years ago now, probably four or five years ago, where we're flying along. And I start I, – I, I read all the um, books about survivors, like, you know, how p- different people survive plane crashes and what they do. And they say, you know, the people who survive plane crashes are the ones who actually do look around and see if the nearest exit is behind them. And they count the rows and they know when the plane's crashing. Okay, I got four mm-hmm. rows till I'm at the exit and stuff like that. So now I always count the rows like an idiot. But – uh, and I also read about, you know, how you can tell that, you know, when you feel turbulence, the planes can't really get thrown out of the sky by turbulence. And that's not what to worry about. You should worry about when you're going through clouds and the pilots can't see and are they keeping the horizon line proper or whatever. But so I noticed that it seemed like this plane was turning around. And I only know about these things from reading stupid articles in Instapaper about it. And so what the hell do I know? But I'm like, I'm pretty sure this plane is turning around. And we're maybe half an hour, 45 minutes into the flight from uh, Newark to LAX. And then the captain comes on the plane on the loudspeaker and he said the captain's already on the plane he comes on the loudspeaker and says uh so our instruments don't say so but uh another pilot who was a bit above us reported down to us in the control tower that uh one of our engines was on fire so we're going to go back to have an emergency landing <laughs> so now we, we don't think it's on fire Every, Empirically, somebody else says it's on fire, but we, we, we're, we're pretty sure it's not. Every passenger is now silently freaking out. There was no, this oh, is all yeah. post 9-11. There's nobody like, I mean, there are people quietly crying in their seats. Me, I'm like, I get out my iPhone and I'm turning it on and waiting for the recession. I'm writing out the message that I can send it to my wife as the plane is crashing. I have this huge long message that I'm going to iMessage to her. It might have been email, it might have been before iMessage. But uh, then I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be fine. I'm being crazy. So then as we're approaching the landing, I get the service and i send this message um i may or may not be dead by the time you see this whatever this whole long nice little message that as the plane yeah it did as the plane lands i realize the runway is surrounded by the fire department and ambulances and police cars everywhere like we are landing in future disaster zone the plane finally comes to a stop and there are like the sirens and the the flat like the sirens because there's so many cars on the runway for them to be dealing with but you know the flashing lights everywhere and they won't let us off the plane they um because they say the first thing is going to happen is they're going to do a couple laps of the plane to see if there are any places where there are flames smoke or fire because if the plane is uh, in danger of exploding the emergency personnel can't come on because you guys well, might make sense right no it's fair but like you we're all going to keep stay trapped here in this potentially Whoa. explosive airplane no pop the slide the pop the fucking at, slide don't but, make the people inside wait pop but they the no slide. they they wouldn't do it. They, and somebody was asking, and they said, we can't pop the slide because that could trigger an explosion. Well, that's great. Mm. Well, good design, everybody. Um, and it turned out there was nothing. There was just absolutely no problem at well, all. Well, I mean, apparently because you're, you're alive. Right. Uh, everybody I think died you made a bad me. call. I think you made a bad call. Sending do not message? send. Yeah, you don't do that. I bought, um, it was a Kickstarter project. It's called the Automatic. It's this thing that plugs into your car. Yes. And it tells you when you stop too fast or you start too fast or if you drive over 70 miles an hour. It's like a really obnoxious 
passive aggressive R two D two. Yes, but it's got this. It's got this this app, and one of the the it just got updated. One of the new features in the app is if you're in a in an accident, it can automatically notify instantly, automatically notify your emergency contacts. Oh, and I'm very much against this because the last thing I would want is to get a notification saying that somebody I cared about was just in a car accident and then I'm sitting there completely unable to do anything. Well, no, it gives you the location too with that app, that, that doohickey. Like, so I could do something. I could call the police and tell them to go to that spot. Why don't you just have the app call the police? Don't call, don't call you, call the police. I, uh, well, yeah, I'll actually, that's, 911. Actually, that's good advice. Just your primary emergency contact should just be 911. Right. I think that it it does also call nine one one. But even even if that's true, let's say it's um you know a family member. A family member gets into a car accident. There's nothing I can do. Let me let me find out about this when when there's a thing that I can do. Just giving me that knowledge. Now I have the burden of this thing that I know, and I'm completely helpless to act on it. Yeah, that and that, I wouldn't want to do that to anybody else. That's the danger of those messages because as as everyone knows, when you call somebody with bad news, you the very first thing you say is things that it's not as bad as, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm listen to me. I'm not, like, if you're in critical condition, you're like, I'm not dead. I'm at the <laughs> hospital. I may or may not have both of my legs, but you start with, you start by ruling out the worst things. So when you get like a little am- ambiguity ping, ambiguity, emergency ping, uh, that, that sort of seems counterproductive when you take into account the way that humans actually work. Right. All I know is that uh, my friend Lex has been in a car accident, and I yeah. can't do anything. I know nothing more than that. Is he okay? Is he dead? I don't know, but now my dinner's ruined. <laughs> Lex Lex is the mayor of his own accident on Foursquare. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I do uh, so that I can communicate in the event of my untimely death. But before I do, I want to tell you both about one thing. I was hoping this was a segue. So first up is HostGator, your one-stop website shop. All right? Host a dial. You're looking to start a website. Gone are the days, my friends, when you need to be an over-caffeinated code monkey and design professional all in one. Now, all you need to do is go to HostGator. At HostGator, you can build a killer website fast. So you need to, say you need to build a website for your business. No, seriously, say it. <laughs> I'm still laughing at killer for what do HostGator. You, what do you do now? First, go to HostGator.com. Grab a hosting plan. They've got plans that are only $3.47 a month. Plus, they're That's super That's stupidly reliable. low. There's no way they're making money on that. It's, it's no wonder everyone uses them. I mean, I appreciate them sponsoring, and that's great, but there's no way they're making money on that. So you, you grab the hosting plan. Step two, grab a domain name. Let's face it, getting a good .com, hard to do. .net, on the other hand, still has a ton of awesome names. Did you know that .net is 28 years old? That's almost as old as I am. Wow. .NET powered by VeriSign is an original trusted domain name. You don't have to get a domain that won't fit in a tweet. .NET has you covered, my friends. I'm going all in on .biz. <laughs> no, .NET powered by VeriSign. <laughs> Let's stay on message. <laughs> now it's time. Oh, nobody really believes I'm doing .biz anything. <laughs> no, no. But now it's time to build your website. HostGator makes it simple with powerful tools that make building a professional website easy. You can even just build your site using WordPress, the world's most popular website and blogging platform. You need a deal? Use coupon code UNPRO, U-N-P-R-O, and get 30% off everything, even your pants. So uh, it's it's HostGator.com. You're going to use coupon code UNPRO and save 30%. Now, I am not good at math, but if you only have to pay $3.47 and we give you 30% off with the coupon code UNPRO. It's got to be more than a dollar, right? It's $2.43, and that's by rounding. So come on. You'd have to that's, be a jerk well, no, I mean, I mean number off. So yeah, you save more than a dollar. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I don't get how they're making money. Well, Scott, you got a website, right? <laughs> Do I? Uh, yeah. I probably. guess. You know what I have is just a ton of domain names that I want to do funny things with. But the, uh, to, 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 not, to, not to totally feed into the advertisement, but it is true. Like, it would be nice to make little, little sites based on my terrible domain, late night domain name purchases. Hopefully most of them being .NETs powered by VeriSign. <laughs> <laughs> Some are .NETs powered by VeriSign. It's true. <laughs> Well, speaking of websites, though, I'm going to segue out now. I, I, I use this service. Does it count if you tell us? Yes. It's a, it's a .NET, yeah. believe it or not. Uh, but I use this, a free website called deadmanswitch.net. Oh. And you, fill out, you can write emails to as many people as you want um, that will get sent 
upon your untimely death. And what happens is... So I'm laughing at Scott's reaction. The Whoa. <laughs> it, just, it sounds like, like the nerdiest ghost story in the world. Oh, it's, it's good. Welcome to our Halloween episode. Every 30 days or something, every 45 days maybe, it'll email you and say, hey, we haven't heard from you in a while. Are you still alive? And you click the link and it's like, okay, you're still alive. But if you don't Wait, What happens it, if you don't? Well, if you don't click it, then I think I haven't risked it. But if you don't click it, you'll get a warning again. Like, hey, you still didn't uh, email you. And then 52 days later, it's like, hey, you still didn't email me. 60 days, or you, didn't, you, you still didn't click the link to show us that you're alive. After 60 days of your silence, um, 60 days after your last check-in, it'll send the email, uh, the emails that you've queued up. So I have an email written to my wife that she'll get if I die or stop clicking that link in that email so that uh, to tell the service I'm still alive. So it's a, an email that only gets sent out in theory if you're dead or offline for two months. What if Whoa. this service goes out of business on the same day you do? <laughs> I'll never know. How could I possibly care? But seriously, what, what happens if this thing... Uh, the, the, they, it's not, do they send the email? Like, right. It's not there, foolproof, but I mean... Is there an insurance? Uh, yes. You can also write a letter and put it in an envelope and uh, glue it to your belly. No, swallow it, but don't digest it. And then when they do your autopsy, they can find the envelope and hand it to your loved ones. So that's not bad. The hard part is just not digesting. You gotta. <laughs> Isn't it always? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a service. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Maybe um, bloody hook on the car door handle. <laughs> dot com. But that upon your untimely death would send out a, just a ton of notes that tell people what you really thought of them. <laughs> just air, this place is where they could improve and, and just be better. <laughs> I guess you could use that service for this exact purpose, couldn't you? Right, in theory, yeah. You don't, it doesn't have to be like messages about go and live your life and be happy. Right, it could be... You You're know, a douche nozzle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that's actually... That, the letters would be fun to write. I think I learned <laughs> stuff about, about myself and other people in the writing. So, Lex, you have this? You have like a letter to your wife that'll go. Yeah, I don't even. I know that when I wrote it, I cried, but I don't remember Aww. what it said. I could check it. I could log in and look, but I don't even want to know. Oh my god, you guys would just both just not make it in prison. Says the third guy <laughs> who would absolutely not make it in prison. Maybe we could do Orange Is the New Black jail. Like we might be able to survive women's prison. But <laughs> oh god, I would. I would be. I would do very well in women's prison. <laughs> <laughs> I would go crazy in prison. I, I like. I don't think that pe- I. I'm okay with prisons in general. I'm okay with you know arresting people and putting them behind bars if they do bad things. But at the same time, if somebody told me that I had broken a law, basically if I didn't agree, like if I felt that whatever crime I had committed was entirely justified, I would just go crazy with the fury of being locked up. Because who are they to lock oh, me yeah. up? Oh yeah, it would just make me crazy. When I was a kid, my mom loved to watch all these movies about like people being falsely imprisoned. It's like a story after story of this guy didn't murder his wife, somebody else murdered his wife, and now he's going to go to jail forever and face the death. Like, <laughs> Are we talking like, about she's... the fugitive two episodes in a row? <laughs> <laughs> no, because he was just on the run. But the idea of like being in a prison for a thing you, a, a crime you didn't oh, right. commit, scared the shit out of me as a kid. And to this day, I have an unnatural fear of prisons. I mean, as one should, but. Like I have a I have a serious fear of being wrongly accused of a crime and not being able to to uh, talk my way out of it or prove my own innocence. And uh, in that situation, yeah. I would be one of those hang myself in the cell people. I've seen those wow. movies and horrible things happen. I would not I would not do well there. I've just if my if I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prison, I'd rather just end it. I I I don't know about if I'd, I I think it'd be hard for me to end it, but I do have a very similar fear. Um, the particular flavor of my fear is. Not particularly to me, but I really feel the injustice when when somebody when like word gets out that that uh, Uncle Joey's a creep. Dave Coulier. <laughs> that's, that's well, you know what? No, he's not a creep. He's a he's a seems like a great guy um, and a fine past <laughs> guest of this show. Yeah, that's right. Uh, also, yeah. So so just to reiterate, Dave Coulier definitely not <laughs> a creep. Uh, when, uh, for a past birthday party, we had some, uh, of my son's friends over to play Minecraft together. Cause he was super into Minecraft at the time. So they all brought their, uh, parents or, you know, we, we gathered together a bunch of iPads and they were all playing together the iPad version of Minecraft. Uh, one of the kids came up to me, he's like, uh, 
Scott because he calls me Scott because they all do because it's a terrible generation of garbage people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, Scott, uh, my, my, my Wi-Fi isn't working. So I went into the settings. I, I added our, our uh, network. And then I went to Safari to check it out. The first page that came up on Safari was a Google image search for the term, what does a grown man look like naked? <laughs> In basically those words. And I immediately just saw myself... Stripping off my clothes. Yeah, so and I don't I actually... Good. I don't know if I've told this, this, this Were story. Were you the first result? Uh, I, I... You know, I have worked with that website to remove those images and <laughs> I no longer am the first result but I was just super I was like what am I going to do I'm, I'm like holding this this boy's iPad with this crazy safari thing on it so I did the right thing I just immediately showed my wife and so I implicated us both and <laughs> so that um, way she knows what a grown man looks like so it was what does a grown man look like naked naked and I I'm looking this up the answer is I, sexy <laughs> It's just it's a Google image search, but just one word comes back. Yes. <laughs> the first the first web search result is uh, the quotes page on IMDb for airplane. <laughs> to be fair, though, your uh, Google safe search level is set to Amish. <laughs> Let's see, safe search. Oh, filter explicit results. Well, that's a problem. Let's I, I could have saw that from a mile away. Um, it should be anyway, off. What happened? What I, I like that that's like a sign of being not cool. Is that your your safe search is on, bro? Bro, your safe search is showing. <laughs> so fortunately for me, just to just to wrap up the the mini story, that's not a story. Um, my wife was later talking to uh, that boy's parents, and uh, they had mentioned that he had been like thinking a lot about. He actually has two moms, and so he had been thinking a lot about you know what's it like to have a dad, and what's it like to have you know. I, he just didn't know, and so he really had been. Um, doing searches like that. They knew about it, and so it was fine. But I just had that moment of thinking, God, like this is how you end up becoming like the unjustly accused, you know, creepy person on the block, which really would stink. I have, I have two girls and a boy, but like right now when the, the girls have female friends over, you know, who are going to be approximately seven or approximately four, yeah. uh, I work from home. And so a lot of times their friends come over and don't even realize that the dad's in the house. I mean, my wife is here and so she's the one with them. But like, let's say Lauren goes up to put the baby down for a nap. So the two girls are playing by themselves in the player. But I come out in the kitchen and these girls will see me who don't know who I am. They're like wow, there's a strange dude in the house. And they're not yet in the, mo like they're not old enough really to be terrified. They're like, Hey, who's that guy? <laughs> right. <laughs> Luckily right. my daughters will say, Oh, that's my dad. But you're clothed for all of this, right? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm usually wearing at least socks and, um, three of them though. So don't, it's all covered. There's an image for the people <laughs> listening at home, but it's, I can just, I, I, I don't, I'm not worried Practically speaking, I'm not worried that one day one of my daughter's friends is going to wrongfully accuse me of having done something inappropriate, but I am like unreasonably afraid of it. <laughs> like, yeah, if, if yeah. all the things went wrong, like once you're accused, it's just about as bad as being found guilty, whether you're found yeah. guilty or not. Right. The taint is with you forever. And yeah. I don't mean that in the dirty way. Yeah, I think you kind of do. I do. Yeah, I, I've heard scary. I've heard stories of people wrongly accused. of The theme is being wrongly accused. I'm scared to death of being wrongly accused of things. That that one especially, because you do end up in prison, and it's way worse than just being in prison for other stuff. Right. If you do were oh, in prison right. for drugs, they'll leave you alone, but you're in prison for diddling with the wrong people. Yeah. And, I mean, there's also the fact that it's just wrong to diddle people. Right. The, the wrong people. Yeah, it's kind of it's people. kind of, it's kind of cool for it to be, like, super punished in jail. Like, it's kind of, it's, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say that people should be, like, physically harmed for things, but if there was a thing for which they should be physically harmed, if there were... It's kind of that, right? Like it's kind of. I, I want. I just want to be on record. This show, unprofessional. We are very strongly anti-diddling. Yeah. This is a, no. There should be no ambiguity around this. And I do think that uh, you know appropriate levels of punishment are totally okay. I'm just afraid of being accused of something and ending up in a situation where I'm getting that punishment and uh, am, am innocent of the diddling. I want to yeah. go back, though, to searching the internet for what does a, a grown man look like naked. <laughs> a I, lot of dongs. I do love 
that in the modern dongs? internet, I love dongs too, but in the modern internet era, and this is like, this is a big admission for me, but I just like that you see some actress on television or in a movie, and it could be an actress who was like alive 30 years ago, you know, that if you, if that actress ever appeared naked, you can find a picture of it on the internet. I think that's yeah. magical. I think, I think that's magical. <laughs> I think that that there's going to reach a point, and I believe it's going to be in the near future, where um, it'll be true that there is a naked picture of every man, woman, and I'm just going to leave it at man, woman on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I almost I almost said man, woman, and child, but that brings us right back to the diddling, and I don't right. I don't want to I, I don't want to linger there. I like the idea. Here's here's an idea. All right, just just fo- follow me for a second. Um, when you go into when one goes into business with with someone else um you each send each other no no it's straight up straight up actual you know when you open a when you you know get a llc and both of your names are are on it um uh you each send each other or any kind of agreement or contract a sports team whatever you each send each other a picture of yourself naked um and so if anything goes wrong or if anything, you know, it's, I'm just saying it's sort of like a, like Mutually a, assured like destruction. A, yeah. It's like a Google Sharia. Like it's, it's like <laughs> a, it's like an a extra or a uh, extra judicial form of small claims court. Still where, more popular than Google plus. <laughs> but you know, this, so I think that would just, maybe that would be something that would keep you guys, like if you guys just sent each other pictures of your exposed uh, genitalia. Right. But obviously the, the agreement would, was that you would never share that. You assume um, we haven't. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. You assume That's that true. I have genitalia to photograph, but still. Also true. But, you know, the absence of is often as interesting. Mm. Well, hey, you know, speaking of interesting things really quick, before you finish that thought. I want to finish the thought. I want to finish the... Uh, I would be even more interested in a picture of your non-genitalia. Oh, yeah, like I, a Ken doll. Uh, yes, I want to get to my non-genitalia, but first... Way better than a dong. I need to tell you about something else, though. <laughs> it's our second sponsor of the day. It's Rarewire. I bet they're thrilled to be mentioned right after this. Well, the <laughs> thing is with Rarewire, I know everything there is to say about it, and it's not like we're about to have to edit in something because I don't yet have the bullet points to read. So there will be no change in the tonal quality of my voice or this ad read as of now. I'm going to tell you about Rarewire. You ready for this? I'm excited. All right. First things first, I'm just going to get this out of the way right up front. Go to rarewire.com slash unprofessional. That's R-A-R-E-W-I-R-E.com slash unprofessional because they have a really nice I'm landing doing, page. We'll talk about it. I'm doing that right now. Unprofessional. Oh, it's already in my history. I guess I've been here before. <laughs> well, I know why. And I'll tell you why. It's because with Rarewire, building completely custom native mobile apps has never been easier. Rarewire is a language created for web developers and designers. It's an XML-based language that looks a whole lot like HTML. In other words, if you know HTML, you're going to get how to do Rarewire. It's completely cloud-based. There is nothing to install. You can code from anywhere with an internet connection. And what are you going to create with that code? You're going to create cross-platform apps. I'm talking iOS or Android. Instant on-device testing, meaning you can see the app you're building immediately on the phone or the tablet, whatever you got. Uh, So why Rarewire? I mean, if you haven't been convinced already, I will tell you. I will tell you, Dave, and our listeners. Easy. Well, I've, I've got a pretty good idea, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But tell, tell our listeners why they. Well, this is, this is what they said. This is what Rarewire says. Easy API integration. Facebook, Twitter, Salesforce, Flurry, any REST APIs, all extremely simple to interact with. And guess what? Besides all that HTML basis, the cross-platform, instant device testing, whatever, boom, you can learn, build, and test for free. No credit card is required. You go to rarewire.com slash unprofessional. You're going to learn a ton more. You can sign up right now, and like I said, it's free. Zero credit cards required. That's um, that's that's not very many credit cards. No, it's pretty much the least number of credit cards possible to require. You don't need multiple credit cards. You don't even need like one of those coin things that stores multiple credit cards. So you just you just nothing. You just show you can show up naked. What I like, and I I did. I'm naked as we're saying this. But what I like is you don't need to learn Objective C or Java. You can just uh, that's good because those are hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, what I'm thinking is uh, if it's if it's that easy, it might be interesting for me to be able to prototype designs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if you're going to be building Android apps anytime soon, but they've got this wire language that Rarewire built. And it's, I mean, I 
peeked around. It is not uh, it is not challenging. You can look at it and you can get it right away, which I would not say is necessarily the case if you're new to Objective-C. It says iOS, Android, no fighting, and there's a little heart. Well, what I like is on this landing page they built, first of all, they, they, they say right on the top, we make it easy for unprofessional listeners to create professional apps. I like that. But then at the bottom of the page, at the bottom of rarewire.com slash unprofessional, they have a, a message that I really like. I'm not going to tell you what it says. You got to go and check it out. But they, when I saw this, when they sent me the landing page oh. they had made, uh, it made me smile. It might have even made me laugh and then smile. That's, that's cute. That's very sweet. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So thank you to rarewire.com slash unprofessional. Uh, if you want to build apps without having to get your hands dirty with Objective-C, you got to check them out. And we're back. And we're back. What Yay. a great ad read. Lex, you, you, you killed that well, one. Well, it was a team effort all around, guys. I think, <laughs> I think well, I think it was the, uh, the, the three-part harmony is really what sold it. <laughs> Ad-libbing a jingle for the sponsor, that's brilliant. Who would ever think to do that? You're dead to me. <laughs> Anyway, as it turns out, I do have genitalia. I, I know before the break. <laughs> I had, that, was cool, I, that was a cool cliffhanger. <laughs> before I tell you the status of my pedestrian junk. Um, uh, can I change the topic? Is that, Please, is that something that a guest you, can do? You've got full I would be here. thrilled. I'd be thrilled <laughs> if you would. I get it. Yeah. I, don't, you know, I, I love talking about this stuff, but... Uh, I w- wanted to share with you guys something that happened to me very recently. Um, I went to Seattle over the weekend. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> me too, because I went there, whatever it was, three months ago, uh, the Long Winters, who you guys are familiar with as a band. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Long Winters announced that they were going to do this fun reunion show where they played the whole of their album. I can't remember it right now. Um, putting the days to bed? No. Uh, anyway, the the whole of their their gee, I can't remember the name of the album. Um, in in its entirety in Seattle on this day, and I immediately bought a ticket and was super excited, and was and such that you know the the concerts in Seattle. I flew from San Francisco up to Seattle to see it. Stayed in a hotel. Woke up the morning of the show with the worst stomach flu of my life. Oh. stayed in the hotel for a day and a half, totally missed the show, watched like five $15 movies on the hotel, <laughs> you know, garbage hotel movie <laughs> entertainment system. Right. And then, uh, and then about five minutes before my cab back to the airport showed up, felt way better, got in the cab, and then flew home. Worst weekend ever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got good news. We've got Sean Nelson on the line to perform for you right now. <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, just such a that was such a shame. I was so sad. I, I wanted to see see Sean and John and everybody play, and I wanted to wear my Sean John tracksuit. <laughs> Wasn't I Sean on the show joke. before too? He was. He was. I'm just saying. Everybody yeah. you know has been on the show. Yeah. Um, this is uh, your life. For them, Opening for them was Dave Bazan. I don't know if you guys have heard him before, but he's wonderful. So just it was it was just going to be the most fun show. And and Ken Jennings was excitedly tweeting about being there. And <laughs> I've really wanted to meet Ken Jennings ever since I learned that he's the funniest person in the world. And I just oh ah oh. so so first that was sad. Second, thank you for this because this has been a real uplifting uh, chit chat after. Such a crappy weekend. So you, you were completely unable to attend the actual show? No, I was explosively voiding myself of all liquids. Was it diarrheal or more vomiting? Just one episode. Can we go one episode without somebody having poop issues? I'm just saying, like, for me, I'm trying to think if I were in this situation, if I really wanted to go there, was there at least a moment where, like, how good are depends? Like I'm just <laughs> absolutely absolutely I really did think about that, but I also thought, um, you know, you're probably able to be cool at a rock and roll show. <laughs> oh, that's the story of my life in a nutshell. <laughs> like you're hanging back, you're hanging back with your leather jacket, elbows against the jukebox, just hey, you know, hey. just giving giving a couple thumbs up to every every hit that you hear. But I. When I go to a, a rock and roll program, I, um, dr- I, I would have 
I would have, despite stomach flu, I would have had some drinks because that's the one place mm. where I would absolutely have some drinks. And then um, I also would have uh, just jumped in and danced like a like a like a monkey on methamphetamines, shitting your pants the whole time. If if you're wearing a diaper, whether that diaper is dirty or not, dancing is not recommended. You know, I I think the depends people would argue with you, but uh, let me let me ask you both a question, a very serious question. Do you have an exit strategy if you were to publicly shit your pants? Yeah, <laughs> I think you I think you have to walk out uh, head held high. If there's nowhere to hide, if there's nowhere to disguise it, if there's no blanket or sweatshirt or anything else to cover up the incident, I think you just walk <laughs> out like you own the fucking place. <laughs> so let's say, let's say you're at a nice dinner <laughs> and and something just hits your stomach wrong and you evacuate right there in your pants and you're across from, uh, in your cases, your, your, your wife or let's say uh, uh, Lex for you... Uh, a potential sponsor, Scott, for you, like uh, somebody who would who would who would be booking an important show for you, like mm-hmm. like a really important, like like kind of a first date. So you want to make a really good impression, mm-hmm. and you shit your pants. What do you do? How do you? What's your move? What do you say? If it, if it's my wife, it's easy, right? I say, Lauren, I shat myself. You have to help me with this situation. Like that's no problem. But if it's like a potential sponsor or someone else, I'm in the process of wooing. You got it. You've got to have something in mind, right? Like, let's say it happens. How do you deal with that? How do you do you call somebody? Do you say, excuse me, I just shit myself. I I need to go. If it's somebody who I couldn't just be forthright with, if it wasn't like a very close friend or loved one, (laughs) I think I would simply say, I am suddenly not feeling well at all. And I need to excuse myself immediately. And then I'm going to walk away. And if they can see the giant fecal (laughs) blotch on the seat of my pants, then they'll know what happened. And if they can't, then I got lucky. That's my See, I would, I I don't know. Part of me would say that that person is now my partner in crime, and they're going to help me out of this situation so that I'm not. Uh, <laughs> they're basically an unindicted co-conspirator. <laughs> right, right. But you know, just like the bonds of war, uh, you'll 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 form a bond that will will stand the test of time. So your relationship will be strengthened. But on the other hand, I have this feeling that maybe what what I would do is I would just look them dead in the eyes and I would say, "Look, you can't ask me why." And I'll never be able to explain this to you, but I need you to get up and leave right now. Mm-hmm. And once they were gone, I don't care who else in the room sees or smells or, or, or notices. I don't know. Do I place that person's opinion so high that I wouldn't want them to know? Or do I value that person so highly that they are now my conspirator, uh, co-conspirator in getting out of the restaurant or whatever with, um, you know, the mess? 2011 Frankfurt. <laughs> 2011 Frankfurt. <laughs> um, halfway through an important meeting with a potential business partner, uh, the contract for which I was responsible to obtain signature, I shat my pants. <laughs> I fucking got the signature. They were hanging around chatting. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to take care of some final details. I'll see you guys later. So they got up and left. And then I, uh, then I got out of there and changed my pants. But I, you know what? I'm a f- you guys got to fucking bring it. When the shit's on the line, guys, you got to bring yeah, it. What do you do? I got, this, this I, is a true story. I got the really fucking happened? contract signed. Yeah. I, I, why did I quit my job? I am the best goddamn <laughs> businessman in the world. I signed a contract with fucking shit in my pants. You quit your job because you peaked. <laughs> Where do you go from there? That is true. That is not a bad point. That I was Don yeah. Draper shit right there. I will say, because I've admitted everything else in the history of this podcast, um, <laughs> I've had surgery on my ass like five times. God, I am so turned on right now. I had a recurrent cyst called a pilonidal cyst, and it's, you know they're genetic, and a lot of times they can recur over and over again. And I've had all kinds of crazy surgeries to fix it. And the most recent one was like five years ago, and seemed to fix it permanently. I've never can I just I've pair never... this story with the mental image, the return of the mental image of you with no genitals. Yes, okay. I've never, I've never audibly, I've never audibly heard so many people unsubscribe from a podcast. <laughs> Well, like I, I didn't know say, that you could hear that. This one time that I had the surgery, uh, instead of you know stitching you back up again, they they leave the the wound open and gaping, and you are meant to pack in gauze because they're really trying to force it to heal. It was this clever scientific method that did not work at all in this case. But anyway, 
Ugh. You don't want blood leaking everywhere. Edit out everywhere. the sound of my vomiting. <laughs> you don't want blood leaking everywhere. So I wore an adult oh diaper God. for an entire summer. Ah. Um, I was in college. And so I, I refer to that summer as my summer of pussy. <laughs> I do want to say, not once was I man enough to piss or shit in that diaper, and I regret it every day. Uh, God damn it. Am I the only person who's had these? So one time in college, uh, we had a contest for how long you could sit on the couch. <laughs> and I won. <laughs> 42 uh, hours. My, did you wear a diaper or did you just piss and shit right in oh, your pants? Oh, I wore a diaper. I wore two diapers. How long well, did it take okay. your friends to notice that you were wearing the diaper? Oh, everybody's wearing diapers. We oh, were in college. Got it. Of <laughs> That's just what you do in college. <laughs> oh, brother. This is this is gone. I don't know. What's the word for bl- blue that's not sexy? Brown? It's gone. <laughs> we're working brown. <laughs> uh, I, I apologize to everybody. No, this is this is super fun. Again, this is so much better than actually, you know, going through a terrible experience like that. Well, I hope that if nothing else, the the listeners at, at home in their cars, sitting there at work, they hear these stories and they 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 feel like if this ever does happen to them, well, at least they're not alone. I, you know, that's a good point, and uh, that we're willing to share it maybe makes them be more willing to be open with their friends and family. Honestly, I don't. I, I just feel bad. I don't think I've ever shit my pants, like as an adult anyway. I don't, I don't think I've done it. And that's, that's not, I mean, I kind of wish I had. I wish I had a good story. But honestly, I feel like this goes in the other direction, though. Like to me, I'm hoping that our listeners are like, geez, I thought I was having a bad day. But these guys shat themselves and wore diapers and had ass surgeries. So you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. Today on This American Life. <laughs> yeah. So uh, any day now, we should be inking our deal with NPR. <laughs> I really am combing my, <laughs> combing my hair just to return to our previous topic. For some reason, I don't own a comb and I don't use a comb, but there was a comb on this desk because I, apparently other people live in this house. Mm. One of them owns a comb. And I've been... So I have this beard now that... I, I sort of, I, ha- I had to grow this beard. Somebody was like, you can be on this pretty cool comedy show, but the requirement is that you have a beard to be on the show. Or, or the, if you're a lady, then you are fine. But uh, if you're a dude, you have to have a beard. Oh, I thought you had to have a lady on your face. Now I understand. Or you can have a lady. You can have a beard or a woman on your face. Either one. <laughs> one is easier to talk through. Is, I'll take the second one, please. <laughs> is it too soon to uh, to pimp whatever the show is that you're going to be a part of with your beard? Uh, it's yeah, you know, it's 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 on Friday, but it's actually also in Humboldt County, California, which oh. is in the northwestern portion of the state. Weirdly, the podcasting listenership capital of the world. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Don't you know? Don't bet- don't. Uh, don't sell the audience short. We have people in weird fucking places. Fair enough. And I'll bet a lot of people, one of the, if not the most uh, popular job, what's the right word, uh, prevalent job there is uh, clipping marijuana for for hmm. trade. It's the, I don't know if it's the pot capital of California, which is the pot capital of everywhere, but it's pretty, it, it just, there's just a ton of weed there. People, other comics have, traditionally come home and talked about how they've been paid in weed for their shows um so yeah i can imagine if you've got to trim trim bud all day which is what i imagine is the colloquial term for that occupation <laughs> i'm a bud probably listening yeah you're probably listening to a lot of podcasts so the only problem is you said it's this friday and this episode will air on the following tuesday i don't so, think that matters to a pot smoker i'm saying they have to get really high <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I should go to that. <laughs> it was great. You were there and you loved it. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. She whiz. So if you get stoned enough, you might think that you were at that long winter show that you missed. That's true. I might get high. I might do it. I, I, no, <laughs> I am not a pot smoker uh, by, by preference or constitution. I personally think it makes you into kind of a dummy if you smoke it a lot. But, uh, you know, I'm not opposed to doing it occasionally. And I'm thinking about making... Friday night after the show, one of those special nights. You know, that's um I kinda wish this was airing. We could get listeners to go and join you for that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be weird. A stranger's just a friend you haven't smoked pot with yet. 
<laughs> I was going to say smoked up with yet, but then I was worried that that wasn't the vernacular because I absolutely know nothing about drugs that wasn't on Breaking Bad. So I, I panicked at the last second and said pot instead of up. It's cool, man. You can just say what you want, bro. Say what comes in your heart. That's, that's, how, that's I, how we do it. Yeah, I love doing the Juana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. I take it back. Uh-huh. Hey, Scott, I think this guy's a fucking narc. <laughs> yeah, you guys, yeah, Lex, you kind of do look like a narc. Nah, you you just look like a cool like school teacher. So you don't, yeah, like you're both under not arrest. <laughs> Lex is five years away from growing a mustache. <laughs> the truth is, I don't feel like I look like or act like a narc. I feel like no matter what I do, I sound a bit like the um, the human characters on mostly cartoon based shows for children. Like I feel like I'm the guy from Blue's Clues. <laughs> You're you're kind of I mean I don't mean this in a bad way but you're probably a little on the square side right you're kind of yeah. square I think that's legit he's a square I, dude I think and that's says cool. legit I think that's the nice that's one of the great things about growing up about becoming an adult is becoming comfortable with things that in the past you would uh, do a lot to hide right you know? now it's hip to be square <laughs> uh, honestly you so shouldn't is... say what comes in your head <laughs> <laughs> yeah never never stop do that. listening to your heart. Uh, so which is better? Is it better to be the square dad who still wants to be cool and, and like wants to hang out with his kids' friends? Or is it is it worse to be like the confirmed bachelor forever and be like 50 years old and still acting like you're cool? Like is it is it worse if you have kids? I don't know if it's worse. Personally, I think that one of the grosser things you can see is an older man trying to wear the fitted t-shirts of his youth well i'm just trying to decide which of these things i should be well see when you have kids you have like an immediate get out of having to be cool card it's like oh it's okay that he's doofy he's a dad no i think that's just you it's okay that i'm doofy i'm dave's dad yeah (laughs) yeah because when you don't have kids you are allowed to be cooler for longer not forever but you are allowed to you know have a cooler car than like a dad if you have young kids and like a cool little like sports car, that's that's kind of weird. I don't think that the sport I think sports car for a dad is kind of anti-cool. I think that it's more about affecting an attitude. Hmm. Like it's it's like you got to have some swagger, you know? You have to have some don't give a shit cuz you know, dressing a certain way and buying a fancy car, that kind of makes it look like you give more of a shit. And when you're a dad, that that's detrimental to your overall actual coolness. I will say, though, that if, if young me met old me, they'd like each other. I feel like I'm, even if I'm not exactly the same person, we're pretty I bet close. they'd fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's a nice way to think. That's a nice way to think. I think, let's see, with that, no, if, if young me met old me, old me they'd would just fuck. be like, fuck you. <laughs> just you you, 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 you know, I think young me was just, I would say young me probably tried just so hard and old me would have been like, bro, just just be cool. Just relax. It's going to be fine. That's what I would always say to fine. my younger self. It's going to be fine. Yeah. You yeah, totally yeah. will get to see boobs like every day. Yeah, chill out about boobs, bro. How much younger? Like, because at a certain point, it's deadling. Like three weeks ago. 